0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Surianis. I'm your host. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and I'm a third Don Black Belt. Sometime around 2006, I elevated my Taekwondo and martial arts journalism from a passion and a hobby to a profession. Around that time, I did an extensive piece on a high-level demonstration team on the West Coast that was known for training athletes in a two-car garage. That team, Team M, or M-Team as it's known, has continued to flourish, to grow, and to become one of the most high-profile, high-level demonstration and Pumse organizations in the world. In 2007, when Team M was inducted into the Taekwondo Hall of Fame, Grandmaster Jun Ri, now deceased, the father of Taekwondo in the U.S., complimented them for a job well done. Today, we have the opportunity to speak to Captain Alvin Jung, a third Don black belt who has been with the team for quite some time and who is a gold medalist, World Pumse Champion three-time U.S. National Poomse team member, and his resume and curriculum goes on and on. I encourage you to take an opportunity to visit their YouTube channel or to follow them on Facebook. Watching Team M inspires and elevates me and I think other people who watch them to reconnect with why it is that we fell in love with Taekwondo and martial arts in the first place. Okay, we are talking today with Team M Captain Alvin Jung. Uh, Alvin is a third Don black belt. He has also got an impressive resume. He is a one time gold medalist at the World Pumse Championships, three time U.S. national Pumse team member, one time U.S. national team captain, four time U.S. national team collegiate team member, and U.S. Nat- national coaching staff for the 2019 Pan Am Cadet and Junior Taekwondo Championships. Wow, uh, what an impressive resume. Alvin, thank you for talking to Taekwondo Live today. Thank you for uh, having me, Mark. Uh, my, my pleasure. So as uh, I had mentioned to you, we have a um, long standing relationship with uh, Team M. Uh, when I was at a prior uh, magazine, uh, I did an extensive piece on the, t- the team and its mission. And uh, we've done at least one or two photo spreads uh, since we've been at Taekwondo Lives. So uh, for those that are, are not, um, well, let's let's jump into you first. Uh, tell me about your Taekwondo background. You're a, you're a third don. Um, you're you're out in uh, on the west coast. Uh, how did you become involved in um, the martial arts and Taekwondo, and and how'd you get involved with CM? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I, I think my story uh, is. is probably familiar to, to a lot of folks who, who, um, end up looking towards martial arts. Uh, my, my parents, uh, when we were, were younger, it, it was me and my brother. Um, and they, they threw us into a lot of activities like, uh, youth, uh, youth league basketball. Um, we were also doing uh, other like extracurriculars like uh, boy scouts and stuff like that. Um, but we would always get into fights <laughs> and, uh, sure. you know, they, 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 wanted us to channel our energy into, uh, something that uh, would provide a little bit more structure and discipline. And, uh, you know, Taekwondo was that magic key, um, that, you know, allowed us to, uh, you know, not only learn martial arts, but, um, also be focused in, um, different disciplines and, and, and allow us to, expand our knowledge um, within Taekwondo as well.
0: That's great. Was it a um, particular um, specific interest in uh, Taekwondo or that Taekwondo uh, happened to be the school of choice because there was a a reputable uh, training facility or um, was it just particularly by you know, by, by chance, based on a lot of times based upon geography, you know, what's the nearest uh, training center?
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, it, it was based on geography. Um, our, our local dojang was uh, no more than two miles away from our house at the time. Um, I think a, a big part of it, too, was um, my dad was in, in the military and he was, he was in the U.S. Army um, and he okay. was stationed in Incheon, Korea. And so, um, you know, when he was there, he was also learning a little bit about um, Taekwondo and how there are uh, uh, ties back to the Korean culture. Um, and so I think that had a little bit of influence around, you know, why he ultimately put us in, into Taekwondo.
0: I, I think that, that's, uh, that that makes a lot of sense and, and, and certainly... For those who uh, become involved in it, it, you know, sometimes the reasons that you end up staying with it and becoming passionate about it are are much greater than the reasons that you you started with it. So, and and, and I, I hear that story all the time. Uh, yeah. so, so, tell me about um, how you became involved with uh, Team M more
1: specifically. Yeah, um, there was this one summer where uh, Coach Long knew in uh, of, of Team M. Uh, was actually working at our dojang as a, uh, instructor. And this was a summer job for him. He was, he was in high school. as probably in, in middle school. So there, there was a, a, a little bit of an age gap between us. Um, but he was teaching at, at our school and he brought just a different level of energy, uh, uh to, to the dojang. And I think a, a lot of, uh, my peers, um, gravitated toward that because, uh, and he was just this young, nimble, um, very athletic, uh, guy that, uh, you know, everyone started to look to and, and aspire towards, um, you know, and, and, uh, ultimately when, when, you know, his, his summer job at the Zhejiang, uh, ended, um, you know, uh, it, it left us, uh, wanting more. Um, and, you know, a couple of, couple of, uh, of years down the line, um, you know, similar to a lot of stories that we hear where, uh, athletes get their black belt. Um, you know, there was a, a big question mark as to, like, why I should continue this and, uh, you know, how I, how I would go about it. And, and luckily for me, I stayed in touch with uh, Coach Long and uh, we, we explored uh, you know, how I could train with them team and uh, eventually make myself into a team member. That's great. And around what year was
0: that, that you joined uh, the, the, the team?
1: Uh, 2006. So team members oh, went wow. around for, for two years at that point. Uh, so still fairly new. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to train with uh, coach Long and his brothers and, and a bunch of the other uh, team members uh, around that time. And um, it was fun. It, it was, it, we were all training in a garage, um, as we're known for. Um, it was just a unique perspective that, uh, you know, opened me uh, not only towards um, uh, what was happening in our local Taekwondo community, but um, also to, uh, you know, the national, um, national theme um, and ultimately uh, putting us out there into international competitions as well. Okay, so to parse it, parse it back and ask a
0: few questions, and I'm going to get to the ultimate question about what is M-Team or Team M and, and what is the mission, what are the qualifications to, um, I'm sort of going about it roundabout, but what are the qualifications for someone to be a member of the team? Can anybody be? Yeah, if you're if you're an extraordinary white belt, do you have to be a third Don? Uh, do you have to be Taekwondo a do practitioner? What 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 are the qualifications to be a member of the team? And and are there a fixed number of slots, or is that, um, or, or is that, uh, kinetic?
1: Yeah. Um, so so I'll, I'll start with uh, the slots on the team. Um, there's no set amount. Um, uh, there's no threshold that we're looking for. So, so it is a kinetic amount. Um, in terms of requirements, we, uh, don't really have set set guidelines in terms of a specific belt or a specific age requirement or anything like that. I think, um, what we look for is potential, um, and, and someone's willingness to, uh, you know, push themselves beyond, uh, what is a typical taekwondo athlete? Um, I think I think a lot of it stems from from curiosity, right? Like, for example, if we are learning a new uh, pumse, for example, um, does one become uh, you know just totally immersed in how to perform that pumse? Do we see that they have the potential to be creative and and perhaps even you know fine tune some of the the um, freestyle Pumse that we put together. Um, I, I think all of that, uh, you know, all those attributes ultimately lead into like who would become a successful team and member. And, and that's what we're looking for. That's great. That's great. And what is the, um, t- so,
0: so let's get now to the, the drum roll. Tell us what is for, for those people who don't know what the team is and what the mission is. Um, uh, I can't believe you know. I've been. I probably wrote my first article um, on the team. Prob- I would say probably it was twelve years ago. So it was. It was oh, wow. probably around the time that you uh, that you got started. So tell us what what is the team and what is the mission?
1: Yeah. So uh, Team M is an elite taekwondo demonstration team um, that started in uh, San Jose, California. Um, in 2004. We've since, uh, you know, grown and expanded, um, to not only be a demonstration team, but we are a Pumse competition team. We are also heavily involved in the, uh, national, uh, Pumse team and, and the team trial circuit. Um, we also have a community, uh, program that we've put together to, um, allow anyone who's interested in learning a little bit more about Poomse and, and how to be better uh, uh, better their game in Poomse to, to come join us and, and, and cross train with us, um, and all of that is, is uh, made possible by uh, you know partnering with uh, Dojang masters and and uh, you know the, the community to make sure that. Uh, our, our pipeline for for that program uh, remains strong.
0: That's that's great. And um, now, when I had started uh, interviewing um, about the team, you know, one of the, um, the the you know one of the signature kind of uh, ways that people would think about it is that you guys trained in a literal garage, right? I mean, it was started in, yep. in a garage. Is is that still um, the case? And and if not you know, where has the, uh, where has the, tr- the training emerged t- to and, and, and,
1: and where do you guys currently train? Absolutely. Um, that is still the case. Uh, the only difference being, uh, is that we used to train in a two car garage, um, at, at my coach's house. Um, and we've, They've since moved into a house that has a three-car garage, so we've we've opened up a little bit of real estate for for our, our training area. Um, in addition to that, uh, we we have found facilities um, to rent and and train at, just because um, oftentimes during the weekends when we have. Upwards of 30-plus athletes training with us, you can imagine a three-car garage would not, not fit everyone. Sure. So, um, yeah, we found some facilities. We used to partner with uh, Stanford University and, and their Taekwondo program um, to cross-train with them. Um, yeah, still kind of keeping that scrappy attitude um, to make uh, things work and, and make sure that we're still training effectively.
0: And for, for membership in uh, in the team, and to be part of the team, is it something where people reach out to you and and make application, or do you actively scout in these um, high profile events, or you know these uh, you know in other other places and from recommendation from uh, dojangs and, and and Taekwondo teams and coaches?
1: Yeah. Our, our talent pipeline often comes from, um, inquiries from, from athletes. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we, uh, definitely look for is if it's a recommendation from, from, uh, masters from other dojons, um, you know, we we don't actively seek out talent and, and, and recruit so to speak. Um, but rather, like that, that's kind of just been an organic uh, conversation as athletes have seen us um, at U.S. Nationals or U.S. Open um, and just got curious and, uh, you know, reached out to us to, to see if they could come train or, you know, uh, see how they could get involved in the team. Okay.
0: So the team now has been around, has been uh, together or has been in formation for about around 15 years, right? So – um yep. i guess part part of my question is for those that aren't familiar with it is how has the demographic changed do you have um has the vast majority of the team now 15 years older um or is there a uh an infusion of of, of newer uh, younger people and how has that changed the dynamic of your routines uh, and your training
1: yeah um wow that's a great question uh we have seen the demographic change. Um, you know, we've definitely had, uh, team members come and go and, uh, you know, that's, that's a, a natural progression of life. Um, you know, and if, if any of our, uh, alumni team member were ever to decide to come back, like we would open it, uh, up to them with welcome and welcome arms. Um, now the, the demographic is a little bit younger, uh, from, from what we've, Typically, been used to. Uh, I, I think if, if I talk about my own story, uh, as I mentioned, when I started, it was roughly in middle school, high school, um, and now I'm in a full-fledged career. Um, so I often catch myself at practice, uh, not only uh, training alongside our team members and, and community members, but coaching them as well. And uh, you know, they're they're turning to me to 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 see or improve themselves, and, and um, uh, looking at the other senior members uh, to guide them as well.
0: Oh, that's great. And so, so let me ask you about, uh, obviously, I understand that the, um, that the emphasis is on uh, team, team demonstration and team Pumse and, and Pumse competition. Do you guys become involved as a group, uh, or is it uh, something that be, is an individual endeavor for folks that become involved or are interested in high-level competitive sparring on the same level as some of the, the competitions that you that you uh, participate in.
1: Yeah, we um, I, I think our, our our program is really well known for se, Um and, and quite frankly, we haven't developed uh, you know a- anyone into the sparring pipeline. Um, you know, that said though, uh, we do encourage uh, you know athletes that that partake in our program to explore whatever they they're interested ultimately at the end of the day um taekwondo is taekwondo whether or not you're doing pungse or sparring or a combination of the two so wherever we could foster and promote taekwondo um we we absolutely do so Uh, but but date, we haven't produced any sort of uh national athlete or for the sparring team yet Okay. That's a, and,
0: and again, all of these things, you know, and, and I agree, and I've spoken to folks on, on both sides, but, uh, you know, uh, when we get into the competitive level, um, the amount of time and devotion to perfecting specific things is so great that sometimes it's hard to, to do both. It's hard to, to say I'm going to compete on a high level in sparring and compete on a high level in, in Pumse just simply because both right. are such a, a great um, undertaking of, of time and energy. So, and, Mm -hmm. and for most people it isn't there. Um, you know, especially if there's economic concerns where, you know, they have to work in between or, or family has to work in between. So tell me about a typical year for, uh, for, for the team in terms of the events that you guys compete, because I, I, I look, uh, uh, just recently, I believe your team competed, you guys compete internationally it isn't localized, and I'm not sure exactly uh, the transition from when it started, but it certainly isn't um, local, regional, um, statewide competition only. I see that you you guys are involved in certainly all the big events, all the international events. So tell me, in the course of a uh, a year, what what are the events that uh, that M Team participates in?
1: Yeah, there there are a couple big events that we we. Um typically gravitate towards, um, I'll start off, uh, in the, in a typical year, usually it's U S nationals kicking off sometime between, uh, February and March, uh, or not U S national, sorry, U S open, um, oftentimes held in, uh, Las Vegas. Um, and so that's how we'll start off our competition year. Um, fast forward a month or so we're at California state or, um, you know, uh, some of our other remote athletes will, will be competing in their respective uh, state championships, state state qualifiers. Um, and then U.S. Nationals is usually in July, um, and depending on whether or not there is a um, world competition event that follows U.S. Nationals, uh, if some of our team members make the national team, um, we'll we'll account for that. Um, So roughly speaking, our our guys are are, uh, looking at least five major competitions um, in in a given year. We'll also explore uh, looking at like uh, local competition um, events as well to get some ring time, practice, and uh, you know also also just stay sharp and and make sure that uh, you know we're, we're fine tuning. Um, our requirements anytime we're we're preparing for a competition.
0: So let me ask you the question that's sort of never first and foremost on um, Taekwondo, passionate Taekwondo practitioner's mind, but it's just part of the reality, particularly if you're a United States Taekwondo athlete, and that's funding. So where does the Mm -hmm. funding come for as you become more high level and you participate in these events, and you're traveling, you know, outside of your region, traveling to national stuff. Are these uh, the individual athletes um, who are who's through their own endeavors and families are funding or are, are there um, larger uh, fund funding initiatives to be able to fund these types of uh, travels? Because how, how long how how large is the, the contingent of the team that, tr- that normally travels together?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um Uh, oftentimes when we're uh we're traveling for competition uh it could be upwards of you know 30 athletes and then um you know because uh, our our demographic is towards uh younger athletes we'll have their parents come along too so uh gosh any trip it could be about you know 40 to 50 people all together um and so that's that's logistically tough and and um, not only that, it's, it's quite a financial burden, uh, for individual families as they think about, uh, credentialing, travel, airfare, lodging, all of that. Um, we, we know that could be pretty daunting and, and, you know, I don't think that's unique to, to our team, but, you know, individual competitors, competitors as well. Um, we've, we've started to, like, we've, team has always kind of been, uh, creative when it, when it comes to fundraisers, um, you know, we'd be foolish to think that, um, our fundraiser could cover 100% of all the costs involved in, in competition. Right. Um, I think, you know, if if we factor in everything, in everything that goes towards competition, it's not only financial commitment, but it's also, commitment. Um, and sure. so we know that we're not going to cover everything, but, um, oftentimes our, our fundraisers, fundraisers would be aimed towards at least covering, um, the meal cost of all, all of our athletes. Um, if possible, we'll try to include some sort of budget for lodging or flights. Um, uh, and, and depending on our fundraiser campaign, um, you know, we've, we've been able to accomplish that for, for quite a number of competition. Um, uh, and, and the best part about the fundraiser, I think is, uh, we often put it on the athletes to, to make it successful. Um, for example, uh, oh, we, we have an annual t-shirt fundraiser, uh, that, that we put out there. And, um, you know, we kind of make it an internal competition, uh, between our athletes to say, Hey, who, who could sell the most, uh, t shirts here um because ultimately those funds are going to come back and you know help support uh the team with with the the food cost the travel costs etc um and and that's worked out quite well with 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 our team that's
0: great that's great it's it's uh a unfortunate part of being uh involved in in the high level competition here you know and and i hear it all the way up through the you know on the sparring side, the the competitive U.S. Olympic athletes, I mean, they're they're not any less yep. burdened with uh, having to deal with that. You know, we don't live in a uh, in a in a country where taekwondo athletes, unfortunately, have the type of financial subsidies um or paydays that that uh allow you to be able to train unfettered by economic concerns so um and you guys have been holding it together for a long time and as you said you know being such a large team it's it's, it's one thing for you know, individual athletes to be able to or or a dojang that can help subsidize you know they might have one or two that, that make it to the nationals or something this year and you know to travel to minnesota isn't Overly financially burdensome, but, you know, thirty people going to the Pan Am Games or to China or something—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a huge undertaking. So, uh, so tell me what lies ahead for the remainder of 2019 and into 2020 for yourself and for the team. Um, what's up? What's upcoming? Uh, what can uh, uh, people look forward to, to uh, uh, hearing and seeing you guys uh, competing in?
1: Yeah. Um, it, it, it's crazy that you mentioned that, uh, you know, what, what's ahead for 2019 as I, I feel like, uh, you know, at, at least in this past week, we, we just wrapped up with the first ever, uh, world cup in, uh, Wuxi, uh, uh, China. Um, and so we're kind of still reeling from post event, um, you know, uh, recovery, um, but as, as we look towards the end of the year, uh, you know, oftentimes uh, as, as we approach the holidays, it's a, a good opportunity for the team to, to reset um, and recalibrate. Um, and then also for, for our coaching staff to to fine-tune what is the, the game plan for, for uh, 2020. Um, and so, you know, while, while athletes might have a little breather here and there in, in terms of breaks from practice, um, uh, rest assured that we're gonna we're gonna make sure that they come back to practice in, in, in the coming weeks and uh, start ramping up for for 2020 competition.
0: Yes, it's hard to believe that as the summer winds down that we are uh, approaching the final quarter of 2019. It's it's a a little hard for me to wrap my mind around, but uh, that's where we are. So uh, so so I I get it. Uh, So tell me about uh, where folks who uh, would like to learn more would like to see your amazing um, demonstration uh, videos, some of the videos from some of your competitions uh, and to be able to connect. What is the best uh, forum uh, website and or social media that that folks can go to to be and we'll we'll link all of that in the show notes to be able to find out about your uh, about the team. Absolutely.
1: Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we also have our website at www.mteam.net. Um, if you search in team M Taekwondo, M team TKD, you'll be able to find us uh, across all those social media platforms. Um, and if you want to get a flavor of, uh, you know, how we practice, how we train and some of our competition videos, you can check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash M team TKD. That's
0: great. And, and we'll link all of that. Uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to wind down, but I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to, uh, you mentioned uh, China, and I know that that was a big deal. And to be able to let us know, how, the, how did the team do in the, um, the recent, uh, we're, we're really fresh off of it, right? So how did the team do in, in, in Chinese, the Chinese competition?
1: Yeah, um, it was an amazing performance by, by all the athletes. Um, uh, you know, not only from Team M and and our, our community Poomsae program, but all of the U.S. national athletes uh, that competed. Uh, overall, uh, U.S. national Pumse team took second place, uh, uh, second to, to to Chinese Taipei. Um, but yeah, if if I look at some of the athletes from from our group, um, we just did incredibly well, and and I hope that. Uh, you know, that momentum continues for them um, as, as we lean into the, the last part of this year and ramp up for, for next year.
0: Well, I, I congratulate you, and I, I thank you for taking the time to, uh, to talk to us. Your uh, your team is a favorite of mine, and I have enjoyed following the progress and seeing you guys um, stay together for um, so many years as, as I've, matured both in the martial arts and in the martial arts uh, journalism sector Uh, so I wanted to thank you for talking to us today uh, and we look forward to your successes and uh, you know keeping in touch with uh, the team throughout 2019 uh, and certainly well beyond uh, you know into the future as you guys achieve new new heights in uh, Pumse and, and demonstrations so Alvin Jung thank you so much for speaking to me today Uh, and and best regards to the entire uh, Team M that uh, you represent. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Take care, sir.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.